0: I hope you like MLOps and data pipelines, because today Julian will guide us through what MLOps are and how you set up the data pipeline. Welcome to a new episode of DelsicOps Talks with me, Matthias, Andre and Julian. So Julian, you are the data platform expert here. Yeah.
1: What should you do? Build or buy? Or I, I, I wanted to illustrate a little bit about how long, how, how hard it is to build a yeah. platform. If you want a good platform, you know, not, not just some custom thing. If you want it to scale, to be reliable and monitored and cost-effective, it's a, it's a different challenge. But you mean a platform for application? What kind of platform are we there? Well, it, usually platform for application, you, you have Kubernetes, and that's pretty much a de facto yeah. standard. But when it comes to platform from data yeah. processing, so, so data-intensive application, I should say, and mainly when we we talk now about machine learning, yeah, there there is a lot of uh, what I hear is many uh, mid-stage startup. They they complain that they well, it's not they complain, but they hired. Uh, <laughs> how do you say? a PhD in deep learning or something like that. And they realized that actually all they needed was a data yeah. engineer that needed to move data from point A yeah. to point B. Um, and, and why is that? You understand? And this is what I, want, I, would, like to, I would like to try to, to have your opinion on it. Because you know, how, how do, basically, how do you train, build, deploy, and monitor machine learning model at yeah. scale? you know, in a reproducible manner. And it comes to, to the fact that, you know, we have MLOps. Yeah. And, and people don't understand the difference between MLOps and DevOps. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a little bit like, you know, a site reliability engineering uh, and DevOps. So people didn't understand the, the difference in between. But DevOps, it's, it's a culture well actually site reliability engineering is a job so what i what i read is like uh, devops is like a class
0: yeah
1: and site reliability engineering is the in- inheritance from that class or an instance yeah. of that class so it's like the concrete implementation of devops in a particular area mlops on the other hand has a lot to differ in a lot of ways. And I would just name a few. Like, for instance, you have various hardware,
0: yeah.
1: right? You, you, you are like De- DevOps, when you build like a CICD pipeline, we think about code, but code is actually a few megabytes, maybe a hundred, maybe a gigabyte, if you're really, really big company. But never much, much more than that. Uh, While well, When you deal with a data platform, or when you have to build a data pipeline, you easily, very quickly, in the petabyte area, of the, and so of the data, tool, then,
0: right, that you use, sorry, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So the, the data that you process, and so the the tools that we use for CI/CD pipeline are not really fit to scale to petabytes, kind of. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Jenkins is a is a good tool for this, for sure. <laughs> you can do everything in Jenkins, but. What's the maintainability, yeah. you know, and what's the... Usually Jenkins is something that is locked down and they try to abstract away to developers. And then you have people that are, you know, dedicated to maintain Jenkins pipelines, um, which is a little bit similar to that engineering, if you ask me. But, but the thing is, like, does it make sense to build your own? You, you know, it's, uh, this is the, the, the question I'm trying to answer. On a topic of Jenkins and
2: uh, data movements, I've been talking to people who, uh, for real, discussed the possibility to throw away Airflow, which is a ETR platform yeah. from IronBNB. It's kind of well known for its complications, I would say. Yeah, And uh, basically uh, use Jenkins instead. Yeah. Science, all the docs, direct cyclic graphs of airflow. Uh, in their implementation, looked like containers that yeah. you run, and that has some coordinator that does things, which pretty much describes what Jenkins yeah. does. So, airflow it, it's typically a scheduler with some logic that allows you to, you know, trigger the. Different ETL jobs, one after another, yeah. and so on and so on. But this is what Jenkins pipelines do. Yeah. Exactly. So it's actually. actually not not as crazy and uh, as it might sound. And like you know, all, or whatever other tool, it is you use for CI/CD. Or maybe not GitHub style, yeah. but you know your your classical CI/CD yeah. type of orchestrator
0: will do just fine. I but oh, yeah. we, can, we can dig into Airflow. Uh, I spent uh, a lot of time with Airflow. Actually, I actually have the same idea when we started to re- just replace it with a CACD tool because that's what you do. The, there are other problems with Airflow. But you, you, let's go back to the ML here. What, what kind of tools are you
1: suggesting then that you use with, with ML when you do uh, pipeline? Well, well it's, not, it's not very particular to ML. It's more like people... Or at least startups start with yeah. ML, and they they forget that in order to have ML, you need to yeah. have data, <laughs> and so if you don't have data, that's gonna be hard to you know it's a it's like you talk about decoration of the house with before building the house. No, it's, yeah, yeah. And, Let's explain and, what
2: ML is. It's not Martin Luther King.
1: No. no, machine learning. It's uh. And again, like in the field yeah. of AI, it's not entirely clear to me which feel like is reinforcement learning ML or is deep learning is ML, but is deep. uh, There are so many names and they just add deep in front, which means like multiple layer of neural net um, Mm -hmm. and those things. I'm not even sure I'm right on this. Honestly, it's, it's a lot of buzzword and marketing. Do you think we should add "deep" in front of
2: the name of our podcast? Deep yeah, yeah, DevOps.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's so good. I think
2: devsecops
0: DevOps.
1: Yeah, that soon is going to be like a, yeah. a job title. So be careful. Um, but now for me, it's more like okay, you want to build a platform. Even if you go with Jenkins, yeah. I mean, you know, like the the Unix tool awk, oh, yeah. awk. I know that I've seen people building a pipeline with just that. And they, they fetch things from, you know, bucket, and they put the result into other bucket. And, uh, you know, they have some name file convention. And it's it's so, like, it's so simple, it's scary. It's, it might sound like, a, not a, like not a great idea. But actually, if you understand your problem, and, you know, like everything, it depends on the solution you're trying to solve. But when I, I see startup building and say, yeah, we're going to build a startup. It's going to be multi-cloud. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And I I think they forget that just processing the data is maybe 10% of the work. And here, here is like, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I listed all the things that I wanted to see in a platform, right? First of all, I want a command line interface. So I, I need a tool to be able to interact from my terminal um, and autom- you know to be able to automate and and do scripting yeah. and stuff. Also, for some user, you're going to need a user interface because you need to see many things. You need to see results. You you might be able to share with your colleague the, the those URLs so that they can see as well. But that means that you need to have APIs for that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that you know just agreeing on the shape of the object of an API is already time consuming and people don't know about JSON API, which is a spec uh, that I highly recommend. It's a little bit what, uh, you know, there's GraphQL. There there are many, GRPC, web, and those kind of things. So so those things are also, you know, things to maintain. Then probably if you have APIs, that means you need to have SDK somewhere or some libraries that people can use to interact with, with your APIs. And all of that needs some documentation. And the documentation needs examples, you know. And and once you, you, let's say you have, let's say you build that. Now, how how do you migrate the user from the previous stuff to the new stuff? So you're going to have to have a migration path, right? And uh, so once you have, you know, all that and everybody is on your platform, well, you, you need. They need to be able to see what's going on. So you're going to need some monitoring and, you know, observability. And once you have that, you also need some cost management, you know, to see how much it costs. And once you have that, you, you still need to manage uh, access control, right? Yep. And I'm not even talking about reliability here. It's like, oh, what if this fail? Where, how do we recover? Or how do we still provide an acceptable level of service? And all of those things. We're gonna to need to do support on but that. you build
0: your own platform right
1: yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so the support, if you can manage to do all those things, how many of them will be good? you know let's say you're, you're a team of of five people yeah. i I don't see that you know being really achievable, maybe in what like you know if you if they are really they, they already know what to do and you know they've done it before or something like that, and, you know, it's gonna take years basically before they reach that level of of quality. And this is my point, really, that are they sure (laughs) that it's a good idea to to build their own platform? What
2: what you are saying, don't build internal (laughs) data platform.
0: Yes.
1: What what to do instead? Uh, Well, now, same with the cloud, you know, uh, know, five, 10 years ago, is basically use a platform that's already have all those things. Kubernetes is actually quite close to all that, but you still need to configure it, uh, you know. But if if the cloud provider that you have, that you're using has some of those uh, platforms, I would highly, highly recommend that you check them out and at least figure out your use case. And if you find out like, hey, this is way too expensive or this is too slow, or things like that, then you might have a use case for building your platform. Yeah. Given no, I that...
2: I guess you should start with understanding of your problem, and let's give people example what what those problems might be, because I understand you've been
1: swimming in a data engineering yeah. area for quite some time. So, so, sorry but... to say, but I, I, I don't have technical problems. I, I really don't have no, technical
2: no, problems. No, but it, it, it's more like a business problem, right? So it depends how your business operates. So in my understanding, you might have a data ingestion and processing problem, right? Yeah. So you uh, you have a stream of data coming towards you. So it might be a different type of transactions or wherever you got there. And then you need to process it and make, and do your business analytics out of it. Oh, so yeah. I un- understand how, how, how well your business is performing, yeah. but you so might they, be they're... doing what Julian mentioned. You might be training models, and then you need to deploy those models to, to the cloud so they perform, and then you need to troubleshoot those. Yeah. And I believe like there will be more cases where the big amount of data involved, like for instance you might have all your security data coming in and then you need to analyze and uh, process that one somehow and store it and collect it. So there are many problems and many domains.
0: Yeah, I see the biggest problem, as you said before, storage. Storage, storage, storage. Now I'm in the field of setting up a bare metal. I mean, it's easy to get terabytes wow. of disk, but petabytes? I mean...
2: I, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, I things, know, yes. I know.
0: But we can have another talk and we can, I can cry on and, shoulder. But storing a lot set of data, and you might only need it for a temperate time, right? So you can't buy in a big storage and then you just need it for a couple of days and then you get rid of it. That's the big problem. Also, when you're training models, you need compute. Right? If you go bare, are we going to buy them? Then these standing and mining bitcoins may not use them. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's so, s- I be that's bad idea. <laughs> Can you read? Um, I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. Yeah, no, no, I yeah. So, I mean, it, you, you want to have all, you want to process all the data you get, right? Everything. You want to be able to process everything. And to do that, you will have a lot of storage. And a lot of compute, and you don't want to be limited by your computer and storage. And so, and the only one that can provide you with almost unlimited storage and and compute is the cloud providers. I mean, uh, true, why, but uh, if you're limited, you do it, <laughs> why you why you keep suffering? <laughs> it's it's regulations, man. Regulation, regulation, and yeah are fighting with bare metal. But we can have another talk about the bare metal. Some uh, some uh, sometimes the shun sun through through the clouds on me when I'm doing the metal. Know. and I can tell you about those I,
2: I, I'm afraid that it will be not, not a talk but a scream
1: <laughs> Just
0: plan it for next time <laughs> sorry Julian for, for uh hijacking your ML attacker. I don't
1: know no no worries it, it's a great problem I, I think like the the problem of storage when you limited uh, brings the question is how fresh do you need the data to be yeah, yeah. you know do do you, do you need it like the last two weeks do you need it you know for decade is it for archiving purposes and sometimes it's just fine to process thing in bash yeah in batch yeah. sorry you you don't you don't need to uh, actually implement streaming, which is about ten times harder yeah. than batch. Because batch you can you can rerun yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Streaming you you're gonna you know build a distributed system that is ten times more complicated than any application you have built yeah. before, and that is not even guaranteeing that you won't lose data. So I would say starting simple is always a good first idea. You know, like if running things on your laptop uh, for trying is your your fix, then maybe that's what you should do, and then automate from there. Uh, I think most companies they, they probably have like ten important workflows that they they need. Uh, that that's something that uh, you know one person can manage, uh, but the freshness of data is is really what. What, what is painful? If you have a daily report and one day you miss it, that means you, you failed. So you, you need the data that are at least 24 hours uh, you know, fresh. Uh, and, and that very much brings, uh, it will depend, it will guide the whole architecture around what you build. One good thing is when you do batch, you can actually have immutable data set. Meaning if you figure out that something is wrong in the data, you can easily rerun it. And, and and that it's like a programming languages. They they use immutability and pure function and all those things that we can so a pure function is basically a function that doesn't uh modify in place yeah. the data. It creates a yeah. new data with the modification. This, so yeah, so the, this is interesting,
0: right? Like, because I'm trying now to say that we should never Uh, Delete data, modify, or never modify it. We always add, 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 add. So we always can see what's happened and what's the old one and what's the new one is, right? Uh, As a key when you're working with with data in this type of of field.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's very important to keep your sanity around that. And so, you know, that's the main application. And also, if you build a platform around batch instead of application, well, you know, a batch processor process has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yes. But if something goes wrong in the middle, you need to restart yeah. it. The, an application will run forever. So you, the, the failure mode of an application is not the same as a batch processes. Um, one is immutable, the other one might not yeah. be. Um, and so th- this is where all the platform that we have, like Kubernetes, they have cron jobs and jobs, yeah. right? But but they are not. It's not a fully blown, um, you know, batch processing pat- platform. You can build uh, on top of Kubernetes to you know to your your data platform, and it's a great starting point, I would say. It's also cost effective because you can scale yeah. uh, once you have that. But. <laughs> once you have that, the, the I find that in most companies that I've seen, observability is still a pain point. And of course there are other pain points like security, it's always like it's always a hassle. But observability is really what change in your system. Yeah. You know, you, you want to know what change. 80% of the outage are caused by a change. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, and from those eighty percent, it's probably you know I don't know ninety nine point nine percent that are config yeah. change. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like somebody change a config somewhere or an access control yeah. somewhere, and things start to blow up. So I really, it, I really it, like that conversation. Actually,
2: so, sorry for <laughs> interrupting. You know, talk to people who tell me like, "Yeah, I'm setting up my bare metal cluster, like whatever, uh, my bare metal server." And then it just works yeah. forever, because you never change yeah. anything there. You just set it up. And it was so hard. You don't know. You just traumatize. You don't want to do yeah. it again. Cool. But yeah. it, it's- and that's that's why it works. But as soon as you need to change something, is- then then it's becoming such a hustle to do, and you're wasting a lot yeah, of yeah. time. But that's why all those DevOps practices, CI, exactly. CD, yeah. blah blah blah. Accelerating yeah. the change, make sure, make making sure you can change and you are changing in predictable yeah. way. We, so we, it's one part of it, but then observing that happening—that's a—that's a completely different ball game, as Trudy yeah. said.
0: We call it yeah. like shooting with guns in a, like in a cowboy fashion. You just run into the saloon when the server is dead, and then you just shoot with the guns and hope that you hit the target, and then. Everything starts working again. It's like, yeah, it's working now. And then you go out again. Like,
2: yeah, that's yeah. what I do. I, I, I shoot yeah. the keep,
0: just, just jump in the server, start shooting. Oh, I, I got the target. Everything is back to normal. And then jump out. And then next time, the, the best, the, the, you know, the
2: best thing, you should change something. Yeah. You you you, you, you out. You close out. Yeah, exactly. Pitch that you yes. fix it
0: and everyone but yes. you on the back good job <laughs> but what you should find out here is you should make the outage when you're on call so first you get paid for doing some troubles then you have an outage and then you have to go and fix it on your own call so you get extra money fixing mm. your own problem and then you go home right,
1: right. I, I think okay. I know where all the bad things from this industry come from <laughs> that's why <that's> right, Matthias <laughs> It's making bare metal for
0: some people because no no one else wants him. Yeah, yeah. bare, bare, bare metal, is coming back, man. Off cloud, it's a new hashtag. Here we go.
1: A uh, great resignation. Bear, bear
0: ops. Bear ops. Yeah.
1: I, I'm sure uh, you you laugh about it, but I'm pretty sure in one or two years with the big server that you're gonna have with you know 128 CPU, uh, you know uh, CPU yeah. core. You, you can actually have some pretty beefy machine now that would probably be able to run everything into one and he, 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 of course you won't be able to scale <laughs> much but the cost will dramatically yeah, decrease yeah. Uh, so so i'm pretty sure there's going to be a comeback to that in a, you know we in the coming g- years but in yeah, the meantime let's come
0: back to talk i, I think you we can have talk some kind of hybrid hybrid, modern, see. Right. yeah let's go back to talk okay, and then because we can see
2: Hold on, let me finish oh, a yeah. small thing. Just to close this one up, because this is what we see with our customers. They have the GPU machines, but uh, when they have too much, and those GPU machines standing in the closet, not keeping up, then they just want to extend in the cloud yeah. and have some elastic capacity in there. So I, I I could see that actually being the case for a lot of customers who, or like the companies who have purchased something, for cost efficiency reasons and running it locally, but then they use the elasticity of the cloud to compensate for the
1: for the spikes. Yeah. Hybrid cloud.
2: Yeah kind of hybrid cloud. I, I don't I don't really believe in a multi-cloud, but actually hybrid cloud with all those offerings yeah. like I think it's Google Arc called, right? And uh Amazon has outposts and they have ECS anywhere, yeah. EKS anywhere. So pretty much every cloud provider basically lets you run piece of their cloud on your hardware on your, in your data center. I think that's uh yeah. where the way to go yeah
1: i I think like i I don't know if you check the pricing of those uh offer, but it basically on top of the hardware, you pay a licensing fee yeah. that is just massive yeah uh, I know, but have so... you seen that it's a joke like we do we do it on our own, it
2: costs this much. We do. You watch. It costs more. <laughs> <laughs> the price increase with the customer involvement, yeah. or like, <laughs> yeah, and then that, like you do it yourself. We watch like there's, there's a Huge price. <laughs> so it is actually a piece of truth in that joke.
1: It, it is. Uh, I, I would like to see that meme. It's uh, it sounds interesting. I might send it to some people. But yeah, it, it's it's very relevant because you know with data. You know, law restrictions on around data. Sometimes you don't always have what you want. You know, you don't have the luxury of the cloud. So, so there there is value in that. Now, from from building every the own data center, I, I think that's that's a little bit little bit much. It's getting better though. But right now, the, the, the question is more like: Should you build your own platform yeah. or not? Let's say you you are in the cloud, right, and and you want to build your own platform first of all, multi-cloud is not about, you know, reliability or, you know, those kind of things. Multi-cloud is about threatening the cloud, one cloud provider that you're using, that if they don't lower their price or give you a good discount, you're going to move your workload to another cloud provider. That's leverage. It's nothing to do with tech. It's nothing to do with, you know, reliability. It's it's about power, leverage in a negotiation. And, And, you know, some, it's usually hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So it makes sense, you know, it's a very much like a negotiation tactic. But once you manage to do that, I find it kind of nice if instead of building a platform, you just build, you know, your, your portal or, you know, your, your CLI with all the things that you can do, you know, And so you would have basically the the CLI from your company and all the commands are basically documentation or onboarding. It's like, hey, this is what you can do. You can create an application or a service. You can deploy a service, build a container. And all those things would be abstracted away, you know, the the nitty-gritty details from people. And the reason I say this is because you know, I, I had that data scientist coming to me and asking me about Docker and how to use it and what is it, how it works. And then I, I, after you know, spending a few hours explaining everything and showing and working with them, I realized: is that really what a data scientist should be focusing on? <laughs> you know, is is like those people are, are 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 quite rare, and I feel like to have them working on, on the platform in that level is a bit of a waste. You know, it, it's more like if, if you hire someone to do, uh, you, you know, nuclear physics, and then you ask them to teach mathematics to, you know, people, I, I think that th- th- those nuclear physicists wouldn't be happy yeah. very long. Uh, and so in order to, to keep them happy, it's good to throw data and problem at them. And in order to do that, you know, th- this having a good data management system is very important. And I know it's like, a, I'm specializing in GCP, so in Google Cloud. So BigQuery does all of that. BigQuery is just a huge database. You can throw petabyte at it. You pay by querying, and you actually have the possibility to use machine learning models on your data directly. So now you bring the compute to your data instead of moving the data to the yeah. compute. And the reason is moving petabyte of data might not be, you know, too costly when you are on-prem. But when you're in your cloud, if you go through the Internet, you're going to feel it on yeah. your bill because you pay for egress data. And so this is why some, sometimes I see people or companies in multi-cloud they, they don't migrate services just because the data, they need to be close to yeah. the data and let's say they acquire a company and all the data are in one cloud they're gonna let it rot there you understand they, they create the new things into the new cloud but they, they never really um, you know kill the old one until it's not needed and the reason is because it costs so much to to move the data so oh, that I'm they,
2: handle, handle as yourself and the snowmobile. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, the Amazon has that snowmobile where they send the big truck full of the data servers yeah. where you can will... load all your stuff and then send it, and it will be ingested to Amazon.
1: Let me let me ask you this: Do you think that Amazon will send that truck to the Google Cloud data center, saying, "Hey, we coming from the data of that customer"? I don't know. I, mean, I, I would love to code. know about that. If somebody knows out there, please let us know. We I would love to know if you can like migrate. That's a way to migrate data from one cloud to another. <laughs> I would be I want to film that, you know. <laughs> it would be it would be quite priceless to see like uh, why not put, put like a big they have no incentive to book a bit big optic fiber between the clouds so you can migrate, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure that would be um that would be even possible. It's more for your data center. You can put data, but you're not supposed to, um, like, from one cloud to another. That that I've never heard of. I'm sure many people would be interested about that. I'm going to check what Google says about that. (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, and basically, if you use those those platforms, they are mainly serverless, right? And serverless in a sense that it's the same way as Wi-Fi is wireless. At some point, you're going to hit a wire. You know, serverless, at some point, you're going to hit a server. Yeah. And and this is where the, you know, the, the big difference is you want the experience of not having to manage that infrastructure all the time. You know, I, I talk with a lot of developers and they just want to ship code. They don't want to deal with load balancer and, you know, database, uh, servers. And there's a lot of... of you know, side project that could be spawned spawn out of there. Because the, the code is... Like, the business logic in the code is actually really, really small. Everything around it, how you massage the data, how how you, you know, do reliability, how you do backups, how, you know, how you store it, the, the infrastructure that you need to run the application, networking, all of this is actually part yeah, of the application. but saying now.
0: that... Uh the data people should have the same approach as developer. They shouldn't have to worry about where the data is processed and those sort of things. They need to focus on like on the models and, and the output and input of the data. And then the platform should take care of uh, uh, getting the data processes and output it for them.
1: Yeah, I, in a way, yes, but not completely. It's more like if it makes sense. I mean, if they have machine learning people and... They, they don't have this you know, server knowledge and infrastructure yeah. knowledge. Do you really want them to learn that? I mean, a little bit might be useful, but do you want them to work like 100% of the time? I mean, probably no. But it, unless your, your company is doing AI infrastructure, that's a different thing. Uh, you understand there, there's always exception. But the way you want is actually shipping a product yeah. fast and not really not really fiddling with the details of it. So it's, it's hard. And that's why I talk about observability and cost management and monitoring and you know what changes the system. Because once you know where your costs are going and what's hard to change and what takes time, you can make very informed decisions. You, you, you know, it's almost like a, the, the solution is obvious what you should do next instead of guessing. And say maybe we should be alone. It's like, well, yeah, or probably not, unless you know what yeah. you're doing.
0: But it's like going back to like what's the, the core business of, of the company, right? It's the core business of yeah. building a platform. I might not. The core business maybe to build products on the data that you're you're getting from your machine learning. So then you should focus on
1: that. Yeah. Part. I mean, yeah. And it's, take take for example a restaurant. Restaurant, they buy, cook, and yeah. sell food, right? But they don't farm it. It's not called a farm restaurant. It's called a restaurant. And, and so, some some might do it, but are they doing good? You know, are they really good at both? Are they really? Do they have a great service? Do they have a reliable
2: uh, menu? If, or if, if, if... If, if if you sell it high, yeah. then, like it's a local
1: produce, so we did that on our yeah. own. The people who value it. That's artisanal, you know. It's not industrial. Oh, yeah. You 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 basically buying the custom. You you buying the product of someone, not not really, you know, a service at that point. Mm-hmm. You have the prestige of so, like, if if you buy custom shoes made yes. by a specific person, it's not the same as by going to the store uh, shoe store and buying shoes. So, mm-hmm. you, of course, not everybody. I don't know how much cost the shoes, but. You, you know, I probably but, but, cannot
2: but do, afford it. Do, do you know what the vertical farming is? No. Basically, they have a huge thing of glass, which is multi-layered, and they grow uh, fresh produce, and they're using hydroponics. It's super-efficient way of... And it's vertical, so you don't need to have much space. And that could be inside the city, and there are projects like that yeah. already. Like super efficient. And then down there you could have a salad bar where you do salad from the freshly picked produce. Yeah. And then it's like all super fresh and nice. You know it came from here.
0: Yeah.
2: So you can charge well for that salad because again, it's done without pesticides. Yeah. It's you know it's a sterilized serialized thingy.
1: There are no 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 stuff like that. I would be curious to see the price of that salad because the amount of energy necess- needed to create that might not be it might not be as cheap as the sun. Yeah, but, but, sometimes, yeah, yeah, but, but, but sometimes yeah, but if you take like all the transportation costs. And, Good point. That, and that's why it's it might be interesting to see real numbers about it. Like uh, what uh, percentage of that is actually yeah. transport? But isn't that also uh what you
0: can see uh I had a good example here, but now I think I lost it a little bit. Uh, I was. Con-
2: but that brings us back to
1: data, right? So in order yeah, to see, see that, go back to it, the data. Go back to data, man. That's good. <laughs> but, but the data and food are very yeah. similar. They grow somewhere, and you have yeah, to move yeah. them until they are consumed. Uh, it, what, it's, what, uh, what drives me crazy
2: is that all those people come up with uh, stupid names for the data. Storage, yeah. what's places? up to that? So, the first we started with a data warehouse. Yeah, All right, data warehouse is
0: one. Okay, I'm gonna come to my thing. Then, then
2: we got data, data lake. lake
0: too. That's the bank thing. Then data lake, right?
2: Yeah, now, now, now we have like a lake shore stuff. Now, now we have the lake cottage shit. Like, what the hell is going on? Because, like, people just hold to that lake idea and started to come up with stuff that happens around them. Yeah,
0: here's a new one we have one called uh, data planet
2: boy or it's just
0: why can't we have it like yeah uh, standardized yeah
1: yeah, yeah but okay. I, it's marketing you know it's like why why kubernetes has a mari- marine marine yeah. theme it's more or you know docker was yep. a whale and so they created the pod, and so you know because yeah, of yeah. pod of whale into yeah. hmm. Kubernetes, and then Kubernetes means health man uh, yeah. of a ship, and then hmm. you, you yeah. have all those all, all those projects that yeah. has, a, has just, a just stop call cool things for that. Yeah, 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 can, can can't we just do that? Yeah, I would love that. It would be so simple, but then you know. Yeah, we have, have to, to give job boring, to marketing. Boring. Yeah, that will
2: be boring, but then we will understand what people talk but about.
0: What do you think, insu- what, uh, is your, how, what do you call the place where you store all your data?
2: It's called Data Swamp because you just
0: <laughs> put stuff there <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and it just stays and No one's using it. <laughs> Same way you call it a lake uh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a swamp. It's <laughs> shit there. Nobody looks at it. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. You
1: know, that's true honestly I, I have no name i I really don't care all I know is that some database has some uh, you know uh, performance require performance benefit and mm-hmm. scalability benefit and I, I work on that' it's like is, is your data going to grow you know you you see how much data grows every day mm-hmm. and then you project that to a one year two years, three years mm-hmm. five years and and you see like do, do you can plan in advance you can almost tell the 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 quarter in which you need to migrate, mm-hmm. otherwise, or you know, scale up, or and this is why it, it was an interesting question: Do you start with a scalable database, or yeah. do you start with a very simple, you know, Postgres that you know, might not reach there? And it's interesting because how do you know if you're going to need that scale? Or in, no, and, and this is why it's a: Do, do you go directly also? depending on the cost of always you know like how much does those scalable database cost when you barely need you know a few gigabyte uh i'm not sure it's worth it but the time you're going to spend on scaling a uh, you know postgres or MySQL cluster um th- that's also time invested that's going to cost a lot so t- time is money basically and you can you can decide to pay it now or or with time it's a uh, it's a very different strategy.
2: Yeah, there are like people who have time but don't have money. And there are people who got money, but they don't have time yeah. usually. So Exactly. That depends from what category you yeah. come. And if you're like if you're scrappy startups and you start small and you're always a punches. But if you're a big company, you just throw money on it and
0: yeah, Mega but uh, the, the key value here is that when you start small, you can pick a database, maybe a Postgres mm-hmm. that's small right now. But a Postgres is uh, kind of easy to scale because all cloud providers has a Postgres. So when you reach your limit, it's kind of simple you to migrate it to a to, uh, uh, cloud provider's Postgres and then you have the scalability. But in, in instead, you take some other database that's not. Uh, buy the offering from the cloud provider and use that one instead. Then when you hit the bottleneck, then you have to scale it and then you get, need to have more service or whatever. Yeah. But Don't do it. it. Just go for the standard one. Don't do any fancy stuff.
1: Yeah. 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 Be, 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 be yeah. Be boring. Be boring. Be boring. Be boring. That that should be on yeah. a t-shirt. Definitely. Because like when you...
2: I, I think you have to start, you know, experiment with the fringe stuff when you actually scaled as much as you're starting to hit a limitation of the software and scalability, then you might start to look into the building or something on your own or go going somewhere else to some other yeah. solution. But before before you did that, be be boring as possible, focus on the business. Focus your creativity on the growing the business instead of you know growing your homegrown yeah. software. No, don't do that.
0: Uh, I did a similar thing uh, at work. We had an old WordPress that we started. Like An old Word- WordPress is like it's a, a PHP and a MySQL. And in the beginning, it's deployed as pods, right? With just block storage. Mm. Super simple. One replica. One was the web server. One was the SQL. Fine. It can be running. But then, of course, it, it scales. So we need more performance. Now, when it, when you see we have a problem with this, remove the SQL, fix the proper RDS start using that, remove the block storage, enable EFS, share storage, and add more pods. Okay, now it's scalable. Now we can get the load right. Uh-huh. But start small, but use basic blocks that you can uh, you can reuse later or, or move them to more scalable solutions. Yeah, yeah
2: we, we even saw people starting with a Postgres running in container yeah, yeah. and, sto- and story- storing the data on like EFS or a local yeah. volume. And then when there is actually some load and important data that they're afraid of losing, then you start to move to the managed yeah. services. But you can actually host the database very cheap if you don't really care about performance, yeah. if you're like Yeah. Doing one one request per and hour. And, and, who cares? and sometimes I
0: feel like it, it's good enough, right? We don't really know what we're just gonna try this and see if it flies or whatever. Okay, then this is good enough. But good enough means yeah. like it's going to work now. But do we have problems later? Do we get traffic? We can scale it to a uh, proper solution later. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And for that, you need data. 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 Call yeah. Julian. Make him build
1: your data platform. Data pipeline, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny because I, I, that's all I did in the last four years is to build data yeah. platform. And I'm, I'm you know... I'm shouting from the rooftop. Please don't build your platform. <laughs> but what, what do people do wrong? Uh, you know. about the build their own platform. Oh, they they, <laughs> that's, they don't start with the use case. They just start with the idea of yeah. you know let's build our own platform. They don't um, say like hey let's use that and let's let's see what we need and. They also read a lot of marketing bullshit out
2: there. And they think that they need to be like a big guys. We don't really, we don't really know what we're gonna do with that, but we're gonna be like a big guys handling terab- terab- terabytes of data.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, it's hard. Like, if you need to build a platform and you start working on your, you know, Kubernetes operator and you start customizing everything, it's this takes work. And on top of that, you're the user of that, not. The the user and the builder, which means you have two jobs. And I'm not even, like, what what my biggest complaint was I have to do so much support Mm -hmm. that I don't even have time to build things. Mm -hmm. And and that's the problem. That's why I'm saying, like, don't build it yourself or, you know, go go hiding for, you know, a year, build it in secret, and then come back to uh, having... You know, build it and and provide some of those things that I mentioned, like a SDK APIs and you know CLI and those kind of things. It's it's so much work. People underestimate like completely.
2: So That's, uh, so if you want to do a startup, yeah. don't do that. Don't don't, don't do the data no, platform
0: startup. Start with someone, but though so, though might be a
1: good idea because there are a lot of people who are having this problem. Yeah. It is. It is, and if they, unless they know what they're doing, you understand. If like it's this is not a rule. It's more like if you don't know and you ask the question, please don't build your data platform. If somebody asks me, should I build my data platform? I would say no, because that means they haven't really properly think about the use cases that they yeah. they need. It's more like hey, just just use something. See, figure out your use case, and then you know if yeah. the the business. Make sense, build it yourself, knowing that you're not a, a platform building company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. And,
0: and I think for those wise words from Yuga, we can uh, cut it for today. Okay. Thank you. you. Until next Yulia. time. Yulia. Bye. Bye.
2: You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcast and notes, go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.